welcome to the Comics Deserve Better podcast, where we, we cover the world of independent comics. I am one of your hosts and a mental organism designed only for crying, Brian. And with me, as always, are the other two parts of the CDB Triforce, uh, Car- Kari. I love Kari. It's my official new name. <laughs> Apparently, we are going to merge into what I assume is... Brodock, uh, and but we're only going to consensual kiss because uh, we're not villains. No, 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 no. All about consent. Brodock is one of the best inventions in comics in the very, very near. And we're also with Darcy. Hi, Darcy. Hi, Darcy. Hello. How are you both doing? Tired. I think. Yeah. But good. Mm-hmm. It's it's been a good week for me, which we'll get good. to in the news and the final thing. I've I've got lots of good shit to say. Awesome. <laughs> I'd like to do a quick PSA. And PSA it's a seri- away. It's a it's a serious one for those of you who are gentle, vulnerable listeners. If you're sick right now, currently, please go to the doctor. I say this because I have literally <laughs> been sick the entire month of May. I work at a school district. I have worked three days this month because I have been forced to stay home because I am contagious. I have had scarlet fever, strep, and now I'm onto an ear infection. So fuck COVID because I'm hoping everyone is trying to avoid that. But don't forget other communicable diseases exist and they're just as important. So if you're not feeling well, please do yourself the favor before anybody else and go see someone, um, a local medicinal person. So that way you can start getting better because I am gravely ill and on my fourth round of antibiotics. So I'm here. I'm alive. I'm ready to record. I cried today. So thank you. And we'll get into that later, but yeah. Yeah, uh, I feel I, cleansed. Crying, crying is going to be a theme of this episode. Um, <laughs> but Carrie, I hope you do feel better. And um, I hope that uh, illness bingo card that you're filling out keeps on, uh, you know, hopefully it doesn't get filled out anymore. Yeah, you know, I'm waiting <laughs> for me- stop with three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting for measles, mumps, and rubella. Yes. Oh, God, and, no. Or chicken pox. I've also never had any of that. So we'll see. We'll see <laughs> what happens to me. Well, vaccines. They've got <laughs> vaccines for chicken pox. I know. Exactly. I Did not get oh, one. They don't, they have, no. I'm going to go yeah, get one. Yeah, I've, I, I, uh, the, yeah, they've got vaccines because I never got chicken pox either. So I got the vaccine. So nice. I've like developed every old lady disease that I've actually been diagnosed with like sh- shingles and fibromyalgia in my late 20s. So I've had them for like for years now. And so my joke is whenever I go to the doctor that I'm the oldest 70 or like the youngest 75 year old that they'll ever meet because I have old lady diseases currently in my body. So <laughs> I'm really susceptible to weird shit. <laughs> so now it's like, I'm, you are. yeah, I'm, I'm going to go get that chicken pox vaccine because I think that's important. Yeah, I'm I think the, it is. I have to get the pneumonia and shingles vaccine every year that the old people get. <laughs> I qualify. <laughs> it's funny to me, but <laughs> I have to laugh at it. <laughs> well, you know, it's laugh or cry. You know? Yeah, exactly. And exactly. I've already done crying for the day. Yes, exactly. Yes. Well, um, I'm go- we're going to move on to the news, first part of the day. And of course, uh, the people with the happiness as a uh, theme, aka crying a lot. Um, <laughs> first is kind of a set, some sad news. Um, Kintara Mira passes away. Um, he, 
uh, they are the creator of the manga series Berserk. Uh, that's probably what they're most yeah. famous for. I hate when and I... not to be too whatever kind of ironic because of last week. Yeah, we were just we we're talking yeah. about Berserk last week, and, and yeah, happened. hopefully super we sad it with our with talking about it. But yeah, yeah. Um, they they died at at fifty four years old, which is definitely so young, not old at very all. young. And so very much unexpected. Um, I believe they were still working up to, to to them passing away as well. Yeah, I believe so too. I that's what I read, and just devastating just yeah devastating acute aortic dissection is Ah. the cause of the passing away which is i i can't even imagine what that is that's not sound hard thing yeah Yeah. that sounds very scary oh well 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 my sorrows for his loved ones absolutely sounds awful all right, well, some better news. Um, Punderworld um, is to be collected uh, by Image Comics into a, tra- a trade paperback. Uh, what is Punderworld, you're probably asking? Uh, that is actually a Webtoon webcomic that stars um, Persephone and Hades, uh, the, one of my favorite um, ancient love stories. <laughs> and, uh, and it's basically their romance and their life together. It's written by uh, and drawn by Linda Sajic. Um, and uh, yeah, um, Image and Top Cow are turning it into a uh, into a, a graphic novel. That's awesome, which is wonderful. Um, I actually, um, friend of the show and and former guest um, Rebecca introduced me to this series a couple weeks ago, and um, and I was immediately taken aback. I loved it so much, and so I'm so glad to see that it is becoming a, a series. And just getting support for webtoons, getting physical yeah. copies is always yeah. great. Yes, definitely. Especially from Image. I mean. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, it's not just, no offense to like Kickstarter or self-publishing. It's not them doing it themselves. That's Image is a big three. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Totally. Definitely. Okay. Um, now next, uh, the, uh, the comic's getting some great recognition. Uh, Mech Cadet U is actually getting adapted into an animated show by Netflix. Uh, it's, a, um, it's a story by Greg Pak uh, about um, a school of, uh, of pilots learning how to pilot uh, mechs and uh, very much of an anime feel. So it's great to hear it's getting a kind of an animated anime feel show um, on Netflix. I have no background in this, but Netflix seems to be doing pretty okay with this as yeah. next news show. So yeah. congratulations, I guess. I have no knowledge of this project. So <laughs> it's drawn by Takeshi Miyazawa and um and, good stuff. Yep. And also um it's gonna be called just Met Cadets. So um mm. I, I'm wondering if they're gonna kind of expand the world the world not to just the one character. Right. The eponymous Met Cadet U, um, <laughs> which uh, is spelled Y U, um, which is the, the main character in the show. Um I don't know much about I, I've read the first volume of the series, liked it a lot. I haven't read much after that, so but it's good to hear. Um other two series that are coming along with it. Um doesn't say much about them, but one's called Boons and Curses, and the other one's called Mon- is Monkey King, which is great. Another Monkey King uh, adaptation. Everybody hmm. likes Monkey King. Yeah, fun. Very okay. cool. Okay, and well, if you're all tired of me talking, um, the last piece of news, uh, I'm going to actually hand over to Darcy since she is the one that fired it up. 
It's a follow-up on news I talked about last year. Uh, Trace, which is that uh, Filipino comic by Budget Tan and uh, Kajo Baladissimo, um, which we had information that Netflix was adapting it to an anime, uh, is actually has a release date. It is dropping on June 11th. Um, so holy crap, that's like two weeks from now or something like that. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, it had a trailer that dropped. Um, some of you probably saw it because I blasted it all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we'll continue to do so because I'm super excited. Um, I hoped it would be good. Um, I, I thought Netflix was doing a pretty good job with the stuff they've put out, but this looks freaking phenomenal. Like the animation is slick as heck um the voice work uh in the filipino voice work which was the first the first trailer i saw um was the filipino trailer and it looked great it sounded great um but i didn't know what they were saying (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but i finally saw the the english language trailer and i was like oh holy crap i understand it yay Uh, and the (laughs) the english dub sounds phenomenal um, if you don't remember what this is about or didn't hear the original time I talked about it, uh, Trace is a uh, sort of a private detective kind of character. She like has this visual look kind of like um, uh, Ghost in the Shell. It kind of has that feel, kind of that atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she goes around solving um supernatural crimes because uh, monsters exist in the real world huh. so it's it's very it's got like a lot of uber violence to it because it's kind of the comic itself is very sort of independent almost ash can very like very almost uh, retro in its violence kind of stuff so it's kind of hardcore it's critically acclaimed Uh, but not especially well known by people, especially in like America. It kind of hasn't crossed the border very well, Mm -hmm. Um, but I like it. It's it's good. (laughs) You should check it out. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. I I remember uh, checking it out when when you first mentioned it, the the actual comic um, and it looked really good. And then watching the trailer, I watched it last night and yeah, the action looks amazing. It's, it, 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 it looks like the, the John Constantine show that I didn't know mm. I wanted. That <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's amazing. It, the, the, the animation as well as, as the, the how smooth the, the, um, like the fighting and everything is, the actions are. Yeah, it's very clean, very pretty, very, very, I, I think they did a very good job with it. Awesome. Yeah. It seems like there was some some good money spent on the the animation on this one. Mm. It's nice. Okay. Well, um, that will actually bring us into the spotlights. And since uh, we just had Darcy do news, Carrie, do you want to start off the spotlights? Sure. So um, I read, it's the Willow series. Uh for the Buffy the Vampire, oh my gosh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the Willow. I think I read volume one today because um, I didn't know what to do for a spotlight. And so this is by Boom Studios. It's Mariko Tamaki, uh, Natasha Bustos, and Eleonora Bruni or Brunei. Sorry if I'm butchering names. Um, it was really good. So the reason I'm spotlighting it is because 
I missed that critical pop culture part of my life where I was like too, I felt like I was too young to get into Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show. And then I was uh, not into Angel when it was out. Like I just never really got into the characters for some reason, but I've always been really interested in them. So I was, um, we found this on Comixology. So we got it and um, I was reading it. It's super good. And the reason I bring up the TV show is because um, it's one of those things where I think that, especially if you're like newer into comics or whatever, and there's an obvious pop culture reference that maybe you're not under, like you don't know anything about. Is it something that you can easily get into if it's in a different format? And I really enjoyed the um, from of volume one because I think it's like a collection of like five or six issues. And the story is following Willow right after Hellmouth, yes. I want to say uh, a bunch of shit happened. Yeah. Friends died. Um, mm-hmm. A person named Xander is dead at this point. And so she, God. she's supposed to um, go study abroad and she doesn't. Uh, she ends up booking from England to uh, like, she ends up getting literally abandoned in this town that has a Welsh name, but it's like out in like BFE. And so she... It's just, it's this really interesting story because she feels like she's very adult because obviously I think in traumatic situations that you grow up. So she kind of carries herself like an, like an older person, but there's a lot of references to her being just a senior in high school. And then the way that she talks to herself is just how someone young talks to themselves or someone young-minded because I definitely say a lot of the things that she says to herself, which I found really fun. Uh, there's a lot of self like, talk in this and um it's basically about her like witchy queer adventures as you know by herself and kind of like her finding herself after this particular like uh, like traumatic event and so I really liked it because it's just it's really cute it's definitely it's definitely there's a lot of like pop culture references um Brian and I were actually talking about this earlier that he was wondering if uh, if I felt like I was at a disadvantage for not knowing some of the characters or like some of the back matter. And I said, yes, I did. Because like I said, I don't know what the hell Hellmouth is or was. And I didn't understand like the severity of the event, but it switches so quickly to Willow's own story and about like her finding herself and like kind of dealing with her depression that you automatically don't need to know all the back stuff. So I really enjoyed it. It was really good. Um, the pacing is actually like a TV show. So um, Brian had said that he had dropped reading it after the first couple of issues because it dragged. Well, issue three, it picks up completely. And it felt like, you know, like you're watching um, a 30 minute TV show and the first 10 minutes, they're kind of just establishing everything. And then all the action starts and that's what happened. And so I, I mean, I don't like TV. I don't watch a lot of it, but I, I did like the pacing as a volume, like as a trade, as a trade paperback, as opposed to reading it and reading it in single issues, because I think that I would have a problem with the pacing, but overall really, really good. Uh, very witty. The art is not my favorite. Um, it's a little too angular, but the coloring's great. Um, the 
older witch that she ends up having a crush on for a second is super hot and so I really liked that um she's like pretty in like an older lady way and I I really liked that her her look was very ethereal and very pretty but um it's a that's my spotlight I don't know why I talk so much about it but yeah it was real it was good you you should uh check it out if you want to it's a good way I think to get into the series now as opposed to the television show because or even the movie because <laughs> yes. the movie is problematic because the what's her name is an asshole yeah. and the tv show is problematic because joss whedon's an asshole uh so how can get into the comics the yeah, comics the com- are great because the characters yeah. as a whole are good xander's an asshole just fucking keep that asshole dead and, they, and what they do in this version they kill him like in exactly <laughs> so xander's the worst yes so it's really funny because um Xander in the comic is really witty he yeah. has like a psychic connection to Willow because they shared souls or some bullshit yeah, I don't know so th- you're actually kind of technically at a, a double disadvantage because <laughs> because uh, I thought Xander was uh, cool no 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 <laughs> sorry <laughs> let me let me explain what I mean um no because not only did you not know the tv show this is actually um um, a sequel or based on the reboot of the TV show that mm. happened in the comics. So the story that this is actually going off of is not even the TV show story. This is off of. The... So it's not Sarah Michelle Geller and David Boreanaz style Buffy. Well, no, this but is... they're kind of drawn in that fashion. Obviously. Okay, yeah. But um, but no, yeah. This is this is um, a completely different story. Um, Xander survives in the TV show till the end and was you know kind of. Oh, okay. Um, and there's kind of some tweaks on some characters. Um, Willow doesn't find out that she's gay until or doesn't figure out she's gay in the tv show until like the fourth or fifth season and this was great because she starts she knows who she is yeah in the beginning and she's also witchy in the beginning as well so it was good there's a part in this where she's mentioning that um she's kind of hesitant about this area that she found herself in because she watches a lot of true crime documentaries mm-hmm. and that she was well-versed in the history of like 1970s California communes. And I was like, that was totally me as a kid of like, this is awesome. I really enjoyed that part. I thought it was clever, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know anything of the characters, but again, like Willow, her little journey that she's on in the trade is so is so awesome because I think again it's very relatable for a lot of people and I'm all about um just her storyline I thought it was really cute and it's really fun and she's a badass so a, I liked it that's my spot great affirmation because like you don't have anything tied to these characters yeah. before you start reading them so it's yep. yeah and um Marika Tamaki I love I love her work uh we've, we we obviously talked about Laura Dean a, a, a few months ago and but I always feel that her work is better in collected editions. It's one she's one of the writers that, that and then like Carrie has said, I read the first two issues and I was like, okay, I'm gonna wait until this comes out and collected because because it feels like her pacing is very much multi-issue pacing. It's she it's not the the one and done kind of pacing that some other writers have that works well with with monthly issues. Oh, and really quick, Jen Bartel does a lot of the variant covers for mm-hmm. this series holy shit i had a crush on jen bartell before i definitely have one now 
she's an amazing artist i yeah, mean i love her so much covers. yeah so good you should see her uh final fantasy 7 fanfic stuff that she's been doing <laughs> on instagram it's, it's amazing i just think they are, amazing. yes she's shipping yes. everybody everybody is shipped in that. i love it <laughs> it's i love it so yeah that's my spotlight yay all right perfect all right uh darcy uh how about yourself um my spotlight is, uh, and I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before, but if I have, I'm mentioning it again. Uh, Girl from the Sea by uh, uh, Molly Knox Ostertag. Um, it's a scholastic book and it comes out next month. And I'm mentioning it today because uh, it's mermaid. <laughs> so I figured it's necessary. Um, also, uh, Scholastic released a sneak peek today, <laughs> so uh, you can actually see the first couple of pages. Um, so uh, it's the very end of Mermaid, so, and we're doing uh, Queer Mermaid stuff today also, and so it all felt very uh, necessary and um, dramatic and wonderful and so I figured I would do Girl from the Sea. So Girl from the Sea um, is basically a story about a young girl who uh, is, I think she's in high school. I don't remember what her actual age is, uh, but she lives in this small town. Um, she kind of hates it because she's gay and she doesn't like people don't really understand her and she can't wait to leave I think her mom's getting divorced or something you know like life is hard and messy and awful uh, and one day uh, she um, like falls into the water because she lives next to the ocean and she gets rescued by this really pretty naked girl uh, and really pretty naked girl happens to be a mermaid and they kiss. Oh, yay! And awesome. there's more to that story, but I don't know what it is because I haven't read it yet. I've just read the sneak preview. <laughs> I'm on uh, the Scholastic website right now. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the art's very sort of uh, soft and cute, um, but um, not. I, I wouldn't call it uh, like it, like it doesn't play with pastels or anything like that. Um, it's just kind of, she has a very kind of very soft face to her characters, mm -hmm. which I really like, but it's not cutesy. Um, I like the way she does eyes. She does very large eyes. So as somebody who's very attracted to manga cartooning, uh, I like that aesthetic, um, but the coloring is all very kind of it is colored so very western in that way a very broad range of colors on the pages that we've seen so far that have been offered to us uh, i really like the blues that she's chosen for the ocean so far mm -hmm. uh, one assumes there's going to be a lot of water in this since we have a mermaid so there should be quite a bit that takes place somewhere in the ocean and i like her blue colors that she's chosen it's very pretty very dynamic uh, so i i don't know i think it's going to be a good book i've been looking forward to it for a while uh i've liked all the images that she's posted for it i've been excited about it uh uh so i'm awesome. happy i'm excited it looks really good yeah, it definitely. looks very adorable cute mm -hmm. mermaid 
nonsense, which I'm <laughs> always here for. I like a mermaid. <laughs> Me too. Mermaids are cool. Uh, mermaids are awesome. Yep. Yes, definitely. All right. Hey everybody, this is Brian just jumping in here real quick. Uh, turns out we had an audio issue when I was doing my spotlight. So I want I'm just gonna re-record doing it by myself, so there's no be no interactions, but uh, just really quick, uh, is Snow Angels uh, numbers one through four from um, actually on Comixology Originals. Uh, so it's available via Comixology Unlimited for free. And it's by Jeff Lemire, uh, art by Jock, um, and uh, lettering is by Steve Wands. It is another post-apocalyptic story, uh, but this one takes place after the entire Earth has frozen over, all the kind of like Snowpiercer, but this one actually seems a little more dire than Snowpiercer. Uh, a giant trench was created for people to live in. Uh, it's literally a, a, a basically a long line in the in the ice that's uh, about maybe 50 feet 60 feet deep um that uh, basically that's this trench is where everyone lives and um what have this story mainly focuses on a father and his two daughters uh and they're out hunting they come back to their village their village is completely slaughtered um and it turns out that it was this creature that they thought was myth a uh, myth named the snowman and uh and the snowman basically enacts vengeance on anyone who disobeys the rules and one of the rules is you can't go outside the trench that that's one of the rules of the society and so apparently somebody did destroyed the world or destroyed the the village um and now these three are on the run from the snowman uh, and traveling further down the trench that no one has traveled before. Um, the, these are the first four issues. First story arc uh, has ended here. Uh, and it comes to a culmination where you find some truths about what has been happening and what exactly is the reason for some people's motivations uh it's very well done characterizations very you know it's obviously jeff lemire i mean he writes great characters great people um and very flawed people as well so as you'll come to find out and so if you if you like comics that kind of uh, focus on the humanity, even in an inhumane kind of situation like the the apocalypse. Uh, definitely recommend this one. Uh, Art and color uh, by Jock. Uh, very well done, as always. Um, he's pretty pretty good, pretty consistent uh, artist, and and uh, kind of fun to, to see his take on this icy world. Uh, lots of uh, whites and blues and grays, so and red for some blood that happens in the last issue. Um, so um, that is my quick hit. Um, like I said, it's available via Comixology Unlimited for free. Uh, it's available via the app. Um, I don't think it'll probably get a physical copy um, edition uh, by a publisher because it is Jeff Lemire and Jock, so they're kind of big names. So I imagine they will get a, uh, a physical edition, but uh, for the time being, only available digitally, but totally recommend. All right, back to the regular show. All right, well, I guess we'll go into our main course now.
uh, which is The Magic Fish by Trang Le Nguyen, um, published by First Second Books. I know we've spoken about this uh, a few times this, this season of our podcast. Um, it's come up a, a couple times. Um, this was actually... And- previous seasons <laughs> oh yes definitely. <laughs> so this was um my choice i'm sure it was, it was sooner than darcy's choice if i hadn't chosen it earlier this uh it, it would have come up eventually from somebody Def- definitely um so I'll, I'll give a quick uh synopsis plus also let you guys know why i chose it well the reason why i chose it is it's fairly simple it's because i read this last year and this was definitely my favorite book of 2020 and it's it's just an amazingly drawn amazingly told story that just kind of transcends itself you know like when it comes to its story or the story and and it just kind of hits all the feels (laughs) so um the story itself the Magic Fish is basically the story about a young uh, boy. Um, they never say his age. I'm, I'm guessing it's early teens. They do. He's 13. He's 13. Okay. So early, yeah, early teens. It's, uh, his name is Teen. Uh, he's uh, Vietnamese uh, descent. And, um, and so him and his mother, especially, who was, was born in Vietnam, and was a refugee to the United States. Um, uh, they basically communicate with each other, and they also uh, like share time with each other by reading each other fairy tales in English, so that the mom's English can get better. Um, so this is the story of, of of Tian kind of bonding with his mom while them telling these fairy these fairy tale these fairy tales together um at the same time um in school uh tian as actually knows that he's gay and he's trying to figure out a way to tell his parents that he's gay um but like he says in the in the story he can't even find the vietnamese word for being gay so it's and so it basically is kind of that troubles going on. He has a crush on one of his, his longtime friends, Julian. Um, so it has that kind of sweet, sweet story in it as well as kind of the, the frustration and the, as well as the trepidation that somebody can feel when trying to, to come out as I can imagine. And it, and also this takes place in the uh, late 90s, um, Matthew Shepard. That was uh, is, 96, I think. So this is like, this is like mid 90s that this is yeah. happening. So, but but Matthew Shepard is is directly referenced um, that incident. So and that, uh, that adds to Tian's trepidation about coming out um, after after hearing what happened to that, that young tragic boy. Go. Hey everybody, this is Carrie uh, popping in really quick. So a uh, quick content warning, I kind of go off into a historical tangent about um, a very tragic, violent event that happened uh, to somebody famous in the LGBTQIA plus community. And I'm pretty um, 
heartfelt about it. So I do go into graphic description because it upsets me. So if you want to pass this um, and not listen to something that could be possibly triggering, it's about a minute 50, minute 55. So go ahead and pass it. And while Brian's giving me free reign of recording, I'm also going to pre-apologize for the fact that I sound violent and I talk about punching people in the face um, when I talk about the magic fish, because um, a lot of stuff happens in the book that upsets me. And I'm not truly a violent person, but I do get upset when people are abused in any way. So again, my apologies and definitely a quick content warning. Thanks, guys. Um, can can I, can we share the story really quick about Matthew Shepard? Because I think it's really important that people who don't yeah. know it. So Matthew Shepard was a 21-year-old um, gay man in Wyoming. Was this Wyoming? Let's say it's Wyoming. It's something with a W. And he um, went to a local bar. This, you know, he's in college, college town, goes to a bar. Um, there's a couple of young guys there who know, like, either they know he's gay or they think he's gay or whatever. Um, they don't like the way Matthew Shepard is talking to them. Um, there's conflicting stories as to what was actually said. Um, I don't think Matthew Shepard would ever was ever going to be um, rude to anybody or hit on somebody that he didn't think wanted to be hit on. But um, they ended up using like, hey, let's go all out and party together after this as a pretext for getting him outside. They basically beat him to a fucking pulp. Um, it's sorry, trigger warning for those who don't know, because, but I just think it's really important part of history that people need to know. Um, they tie him to a fence on a, on a property, like some acreage, and they leave him to die. Um, they left him, I think, for 18 hours overnight. Uh, he suffered hypothermia. Um, it was, he was just re really brutally beaten um, and essentially like tortured, in my opinion. And the, um, I think local farmers found him or ranch hands found him the next morning or the next day they thought he was a scarecrow because of the way his body was drooping uh, and how lifeless he was. And that's the kind of bullshit that uh, the LGBTQIA plus community has to go through. And so I have always um, really put that story in my heart because I think it's very important that people know it and that's why I wanted to share it. And so when they referenced it in The Magic Fish, um, it just, brings back a lot of, yeah, I just, I'm not part of that community and I get enraged whenever I remember or ever I hear about it. And I think that's what people go through. So um, it's a really, it's an important reference point. So, and I'm going on a tangent, but go ahead, Brian. Sorry. You're a human being, that's why it's, it makes you feel the way you feel. Yeah, if, if you were, alive at that point mm -hmm. it was definitely a hard thing to remember <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah it, it definitely and if you, if you were if you thought you were gay or if you thought you were queer in any way mm -hmm. it, it was definitely a hard thing to consider and definitely. definitely brings readers especially if they know about that story into the story and makes it almost a very personal story to everybody. Oh yeah, um, definitely. I, for, I forgot 
again every every time i read it i forget it's set into the past until his name comes up into the story and then yeah. i start crying <laughs> yeah so so that setting is established um also uh helen his his mom um misses her family she's a refugee um from vietnam as, as and her her and and tian's dad um had to escape because they're started to be targeted by the government um because i believe it's because they were christian um it's one of the reasons definitely it's one of the reasons at least that's implied because the dead has a, a cross that um that he wears around his neck um in the oh, that's beginning. a nice pickup i didn't even pay attention yeah. to that um and so I, i'm assuming that's that's a part of it but um so she but they finally become citizens in the united states and they can actually leave but helen's mom is very sick um and before they can ever go out and visit and Tien can be introduced to his grandma, she dies. And so Helen has to go back to back to um, Vietnam, Vietnam to be with family at that time. Meanwhile, Tien um, is kind of working through the, his own things, um, starts to kind of act out catches the 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 attention of a teacher even no he doesn't even really act out he just at one point raises his voice that was really annoying teacher i hated that stupid bitch i'm sorry just for raising his voice once yeah Um, actually that hits very close to home i I, there was a very traumatic situation i was in when i was in sixth grade because i decided once to stand up for myself and and i ended up in detention for a very long time and it actually opened up a whole bunch of other doors that i'll maybe one to get into but um the um, if we have any therapists listening we yes. definitely need that yeah. um, so yeah um i basically told a teacher to go fuck themselves because of what, how they were treating me and that didn't go over well um the um so he gets attention meanwhile his friend claire, mm-hmm. claire. is as um is planning a school dance. Um, no, nobody in Teen's family has ever been to a school dance, so it's very important to, to both him and to, to his parents that he goes. So he goes despite what's going on in the family. Um, he ends up dancing with Julian um, because Julian, basically there was this question of whether or not Teen was gonna ever tell Julian that he's gay and that he has kind of a crush on him. And Julian's kind of like, uh, I always kind of knew you were gay because you had once told me you were gonna marry. Yeah. It was it was a famous guy, um, uh, but but it was but and he was like and and so obviously it's even the though pan on the whole yeah, it is it's and even though sweetest. Julian always knew he obviously doesn't care because he's still his best friend. So he dances with him because he probably feel that that that's what Tia needed at the time, and. Um, but, and, and it's completely platonic, but they go to a Catholic school and the teachers aforementioned are not, not really in, you know, the most progressive teachers, especially in the, uh, in the mid to late nineties and, um, decide that the teacher decides that during the, these detentions that is going to basically like ask Tien if, if he is gay or, or, uh, and then also, bring in a priest to basically converge in therapy to to basically like 
convinced him that that it's wrong to be gay and then also uh like a death in the family yeah yeah like so oh i'm glad you never told your parents because every parent i've ever told that their kid is gay just feels like someone has died in their family i was like fuck you i mean fuck (laughs) you yeah this is this is total bullshit but yes my blood pressure is raising and you guys like so can't so <laughs> helen comes helen comes back um and then um once helen comes back the um th- they, they have a conference with the teacher and um and tina's not in the room but it's obvious that the teacher has told as has come out for tian to to his mom and um, right after she's dealt with this, you know, the death of the family and everything. So that leads to the end of the story. But before we get to the end of the story, um, I, I also have not mentioned one of the most important parts of this thing is the fairy All tales. the fairy tales. That are being told <laughs> during the story. So there's basically three fairy tales during the story. These are the stories that Tian and Helen are, are reading to each other. Um, and also at the point, and I forgive me, I forgot to write down his dad's name. His dad kind of comes in and out of the story. I think, um, but he's definitely there uh, for for some of the stories as well. Um, But um, there's three stories told um, and they're told, um, you find out in the back matter and it becomes very obvious that this was was, uh, Wynn's intention. Once once he says this, it's like, oh yeah, I I can't believe I didn't catch, catch on this, is that the first story which is a version it's a western version of cinderella it's it's not the cinderella story but it's a it's a different type of cinderella story um actually he he gives the name of the story which i have right here it's um the um that long german name that begins with an a is that, yeah. <laughs> is that uh, the one you're looking for <laughs> all Good um, try. Yeah. I have no clue. I couldn't um, do it. And uh, essentially, it's a Cinderella story, um, and but that is told through Tian's imagination because he's the one telling the story. So the costuming is very much based on like classic Hollywood dresses and and classic Hollywood style because he's been watching TV and movies like all his life, so that's where that's where his imagination goes. Um, the second story is told to Helen by Helen's aunt um, uh, in Vietnam, and it's another Cinderella story, but it's the it's the Southeast Asian version of of um, Cinderella, essentially called Tom Com, and that is told through the Helen's Helen's aunt's uh, perspective. Um, so lots of uh, well, one lots of French Polynesian um kind of style outfits for for like the 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 more rich bougie characters and then specifically from the 1950s yes and and then more and then uh um then the dresses themselves are very much more emblematic of of like traditional Vietnamese uh, culture and then the third story is based on the Hans Christian Andersen original the um Little Mermaid and that is told through Helen's perspective. And so she is, has the, the immigrant perspective. Um, it basically, and that story is essentially an immigrant story. Um, the, the, the Atlantis, essentially, the underwater city is designed to be like 
classic Hong Kong and the and the the surface world is 1980s San Francisco which is the is basically her ideal of what the America would have was going to be when she was was traveling overseas to get here and so um so there's a lot of like um like pants hats and like you know the, that kind of style um there's the golden gate bridge makes an appearance in that story you know like there's uh it, it's definitely kind of a, a western american kind of 80s feel to 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 that particular story um, and my favorite costuming <laughs> i love yes. that one yes definitely so um should i just give the ending right now or 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 do i just want to talk about about other things first hi do you want to go fairy tale by fairy tale i think we should go fairy tale by fairy yeah, let's tale go fairy tale, yeah fairy tale by fairy tale first and then that'll get us to the ending Let's start um, German Cinderella. Yeah, Don't German try Cinderella. to say that word again. Uh, <laughs> there's not enough consonants in this it's, word. It's, uh, yeah, I, I, I looked at it several times and tried saying it, and I was like, mm, what's uh, that Brian did? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, the, um, the first story uh, is basically, uh, actually, Darcy, do you want to kind of give the rundown on the first story? Oh, uh sure unless you want me to oh whichever just make me remember things randomly uh the first one is um uh, fairly familiar i think most people remember the walnut thing as um being kind of famous for this version of cinderella like that she carries the dresses and the walnuts um so you've got this girl who um is the daughter of uh, a beautiful woman and an asshole uh, (laughs) and the woman leaves because she no longer wants to be with a man you don't know why at first Uh, and the daughter is raised by her she calls her an aunt you don't really know that but you know she calls her an aunt you don't kind of don't know who she is and eventually this old man shows up and he's the old man of the sea and he's like listen uh you promise me your daughter as my bride if you broke your promises to me and um the daughter's like uh screw you i don't want to but uh i'm going to make you these uh these tasks that if you do them Uh, I will become your bride. And she gives him these three dresses that she wants him to make that she thinks are completely out of the way. No way he can make them dresses. Um, But then he does Mm -hmm. Uh, because he's the old man of the sea. He's this, you know, masterful being. So of course he's able to make a, you know, dress of starlight and a dress of night and a dress of all this wonderful stuff uh so instead of becoming his bride because who the hell would want to uh, she runs the hell away because who can blame (laughs) her so she runs away to a nearby kingdom 
um, and takes with her her aunt's ring, uh, which can sing to the sea, uh, and hides the dresses in a walnut, uh, which can hold all three dresses in this very small space, and disguises herself as a boy, um, though everybody around her kind of uses they pronouns because she's not necessarily, but in the traditional kind of most of the times I've heard this, it's usually, oh, she disguises herself as a boy. Okay. Uh, but this mm -hmm. is modern telling and we don't have to do that anymore. Nope. Gender is a construct. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, she's uh, working at this palace in the kitchens uh, and comes across the prince because of course she does. This is a fairy tale. Um, and kind of falls in love with him and he kind of just is best friends with her because she think he thinks you know she's not a princess she's not pretty at this point um she's not wearing pretty dresses at this point um but there's a big party coming up and the lady that's in charge of her says why not put on a pretty dress and go to this party for his birthday and so she does and he's like oh holy crap she's wearing a pretty dress why don't I marry her but she disappears and then the next party happens and she puts on her next pretty dress and he's like holy crap I want to marry her and then she disappears and then she goes back for the next party and he's like oh my god I really want to marry you and she's like oh gosh I can't and then runs away and the old man of the sea appears and it's a whole thing. She, she eventually, her, her ring, right? And that, that's what was protecting her. Yeah, he, he yeah. In, instead of the instead of the uh, shoe, he takes. She loses her glove, which takes the ring off, and the ring has been hiding her from the old man of the sea. Mm -hmm. The old man comes, uh, but so does her aunt, a giant fucking mermaid. <laughs> Love Aunt Velvet. Fantastic. Yes. Uh, it's like oh, just fantastic character design holy crap i loved her so much like my goodness um and kind of smacks him the heck down and i'm like why did she do that in the first place yeah. um but yeah so she smacks him the heck down and the prince kind of shows up and goes oh you're both my best friend and you're hot um <laughs> let's get married um and so they do that which yeah and and um one with 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 um and velvet's transformation into the giant uh, mermaid uh, at the end the, i love the fact that there's no there's no question about who's in power in that in that <laughs> moment the old man the sea uh which i also love his design because he his design's great it's like you know it's like it's like vladimir rasputin riding on a dead like a dead corpse <laughs> like, like, like he can't walk himself apparently he needs people to walk him and i think it's i think it's her father yeah the last panel she, he's yeah. writing his her dad yeah, her dad is the is the corpse that he's writing uh and then but and like he has the power in the scene and all of a sudden aunt velvet comes <laughs> and it's like no -uh. <laughs> and that is a wonderful wonderful moment um, i feel like there's a version where you find out what happened to her mom i feel Feel like i've read a version that you find out what happens to our mom and you don't in this the, 
the reason why she left is, is mentioned is because he hits her. Yes. Yeah. He yeah, wasn't you, supposed got, to hit her three times. Yeah, you've got three. You can you can hit her three. You can hit her twice, but if you hit her a third time, she can leave. Once is an accident. <laughs> second time was something or another, but you hit her three times, and that's a. <laughs> three times too many. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. But um, but yeah. Um, the I also like how even though this is a classic story because it is in like teens imagination, there is kind of a modern inflection to it. Like, like you said, like the, the, they. the they pronouns. Um, also, I think there's some kind of vernacular use like, like, yo, or like, Hey, like, what's up? You know, like, right. Which, the, the way, the way the prince talked was very much like Julian. Yeah, exactly. So, and yeah, that's his prince. So that would make sense. Um, um, right and also just really quick um this this has to do with every story in here i love the coloring work on this yes um how the the regular real life story because there's three stories going on basically um and the regular story is pink the fairy tales are all in blue tones and the and like any flashback is in yellow so it's right. really, really easy for the reader to keep track of what's going on and when. And even when those, when like, there's a part where um, Helen is remembering her, her fleeing from Vietnam and she- It intersperses the panels. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then imagines the old man in the sea is, or of the sea is watching, is watching her and that turns blue briefly because it does the same thing when Tian is reading one and then flashes to julian yes mm-hmm. which is, i think that's pretty awesome like that's 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 a great use of the medium and i love when comics use the medium correctly yeah <laughs> it's it's very because you know it's 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 very monotone coloring not mono, monotone is not the right word for it it's very kind of single use coloring in each panel mm-hmm. but it's still very easily readable and colorful yeah it, it's it's very well chosen for such a long book mm-hmm. you know it, it could i mean i can't imagine how long this took to do so much art yeah yes you know for one person to have done full color on it would have taken so even even so much longer because mm-hmm. Trungles' art is so incredibly detailed. Um, adding to that with full color would have been ridiculous. But just the amount of color put in it with using those three different tones for the three different time periods was really well done. Mm-hmm. A great choice. Agreed. Trunkles draws every single strand of hair. I mean, that is yeah, it's, yeah. it's like that that woodcut style. That's why mm-hmm. I like the yeah. Leiji made Leiji Majimoto with the woodcut. It's just that beautiful friggin' hair. I love mm-hmm. it so damn yeah. much. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's it's good for the hair alone. Um, Great for right. the hair alone. So second story, I'm gonna put Carrie on the hot seat. Okay, so. Um, so this version of um, this is like a Cinderella story. This is the version told to Tian's mom when she gets back to Vietnam af- um, for her mother's um, services, I'm assuming. And this is the version her aunt is telling her. And she says it's our version, our Cinderella. So there is um, a little girl named 
Pam, uh, her father remarries uh, and with a, to a new wife and there's so stepmom and stepsister named Cam and um, okay, straight up, stepmom is a fucking asshole out the get. Like after dad dies, stepmom so is evil, total fucking asshole. I hate her. Um, so the thing that she does is that like she tells Tam, like Tam, do you, uh, do you love me? And then uh, Tam goes, yes, stepmother. I do. And then she goes, then will you do everything I ask of you? And she says, yes, stepmother, I will. So basically enters a life of servitude. She gets kicked out of the house. She has to live in the fucking garden in an alley. That's fucked. And um, she just gets treated like shit. So in the garden is, it's like her only place of repose. It's the only place that she gets to be by herself for a few hours because she literally has to redo every task that her stepmother assigns to her. So she finds that there is a um, um, a little fish in the pond. And uh, he says, or they say, I am mostly content to listen, but sometimes I speak. So the two of um, the fish and Tam end up getting like a little friendship and they become best of friends. She, uh, Tam takes little shredded shrimp like her mother did and sprinkles it into the pond to talk to the fish. Now, Cam, being the apple that did not fall far from the bitchy tree, sees Tam do this and basically rats her out to the, to the stepmom. So the stepmom gets very upset that Tam has found an inkling of happiness in her life. So all of a sudden, Tam gets invited to have a meal inside the home. And this hasn't happened like ever, right, since dad, since her father died. So she's eating and it's delicious. And um, uh, step, the stepmom is like, oh, Tam, do you like it? She's like, yes, stepmother, I do. It's delicious. And then she's like, oh, it's the strangest thing. I went out into your little garden and I found a fish. So I thought there's nothing more than my stepmother, my stepdaughter would like than to have a delicious fish stew. And the artwork doing, during these two panels is, it made me cry because you see Tam's reaction going from she's eating something that was like and I'm doing air quotes like made with love for her and she's like really happy that she's getting to eat this good meal and then all of a sudden you see her recognition of what she is eating and you see the tears like well up in her eyes because the next fucked up line is the stepmom's like um will you will you eat everything that I've like, I will eat everything I've given you or something along that. And then like, she's crying. She's trying not to like break down. And she's like, yes, stepmother, I will. So she has to finish the food. And she knows it's her little friend, which is like totally fucked. Mm -hmm. And then um, she, let's see, I was really fixated on that part because that lady is such an asshole. And so um, there because there is like a, a the big town ball all the eligible there's a merchant who's seeking a wife all the eligible young ladies are invited um the stepmom makes tam separate brown rice grains from white rice grains before she can go and it's like again you just want to drop kicker because this woman is horrible and then um so, so she so she go. can't go but then there's like birds that straight up are like 
come over here and unbury the bones. Oh, because Tam buried the bones of her little fish friend under the tree. So she unburies the bones and it becomes like this beautiful outfit for her to go party in. And so the birds basically tell her like, your task will be done. So you don't get in trouble. You're, you're coming with us. And so they go to, she goes to the uh, party. She sees the merchant. He's, it's like love at first sight. The, um, the stepdaughter sees and um, tells stepmother and they're like pissed. And so um, they go and sorry, I'm actually kind of grazing over this while I'm telling everybody. So um, the, they end up, the merchant ends up um, coming over to find the girl and return like her lost little slipper that she had. And so the girl is, or no, yeah, they end up, I missed a part. They end up getting, getting, they end they, up getting married. They go through, yeah, they go through that part really fast. Yeah, they do yeah. because I'm, thank you. Okay, because I have that, they literally get married in like a panel and a half. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's yeah, why I missed that. Thank you. Yeah. So the girl is now married. She goes back to pay the respects to her dead mother at her shrine. Stepmom straight up shanks her with a knife in the heart, like super brutal, cuts her, uh, kills her. And um, the husband, the merchant husband comes and is like, I'm looking for my wife. Stepmom says no. So uh, they bury the bones of the daughter by the same tree. And so now the tree is saying murder and, um, and she chops the tree down and she, chops the tree down and she, and she makes bleeds. the daughter, the daughter has to chop the tree down. It bleeds. And then um, there now all of a sudden there's a bird screaming murder and the daughter has to catch the bird for the stepmom. And she's like, if you love me, daughter, you'll do this. And the daughter's like, yeah, of course I love you. So she does it. Stepmom fucking bites the head off the bird to kill it and it's like it's like the craziest fucking thing I've ever seen because it's not graphic it's not gross it's this beautiful blue coloring but it's just it's so murderous and it's so weird and then the stepmom goes it is done we are rid of her forever and the daughter's look is like what the fuck just happened and so anyways, um, the husband wakes up. He sees that his wife is still around. And she um, returns. I'm sorry, say that again? Yeah, she returns from that the That she dead. returns from the dead and that she's there like nothing ever happened. So um, she goes, so Tam is there to again pay respects for her dead mother. The stepmom sees her lighting incense. It's just like, she's mocking me. So um, the... Uh, the, the, the stepsister wants to know why Tam is so beautiful. The bird tells her, oh, don't you know Tam's secret? Every night she bathes herself in scalding sesame oil and it sloughs off her skin and she looks, and that's how she looks so young and beautiful. Well, the dipshit sister does it and essentially boils herself and that's off page. So you don't, <laughs> but it's yeah. like fucking idiots. So she does it. She kills herself. The bird collects the daughter's remains and puts it in an urn the which sesame the, oil meat yeah, essentially yes. mm -hmm. and the stepmom is like that smells delicious I'm going to eat it so the stepmom <laughs> goes into like this it, 
obviously looks like an urn and she's eating it and the step um the step not the bird is telling the stepmom um unbury the bones unbury the bones and the stepmom's like fuck off like she doesn't want to pay attention and then the bird asks the stepmom did you love your daughter and she's just like um you know was she good and then so the mom pulls again pulls out this knife and she knocks over the urn and when she knocks it over she sees the pearl necklace and the jawbone of the daughter and then the bird tells the mom tell us was she delicious so when the stepmom puts two and two together that she ate the remains of her daughter she drops dead and then um and then the very last line is the memory of her cruel stepmother and stepsister faded away and tam lived happily ever after for the rest of her days and i will tell you this that is my favorite version of cinderella ever in my life fantastic it's the best <laughs> thing ever <laughs> i think i think it has a lot to do with the aunt saying that uh we change uh fairy tales and fables to suit us mm -hmm. and like you know she's gone to a place where uh there was this you know they've got violent revolution they've got you know she's she's talking about Helen's talking about oh you know it's always happily ever after and her aunt's like you know it doesn't have to be it's yeah. not always yeah um and this um this fairy tale she's talking about the, the fish fish cinderella um when i first heard it um it, it is a happily ever after cinderella it is there the the version of fish cinderella i heard didn't have uh, daughter cannibalism in it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i don't know if that's just the vietnamese version or if it's just this 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 vietnamese version <laughs> but it's um i think this one is based off of a chinese um version a very old chinese version um it's about 1500 years old um wow. and it kind of has spread all around kind of southeast asia because it's like pre-unification of china kind of thing um and um the character in that is uh yijan um and she doesn't she meets like the first guy she meets is like this local in this local place and she meets a merchant but eventually that um her shoe goes to like a king um, so she ends up like a princess there too. And like, oh, okay. so this is a whole thing. Like it, it's, it's very similar to this and very similar to Cinderella. Um, but I don't remember when, cause I, I heard one very similar in Thailand and there's a podcast, um, uh, recently that just put out, um, uh, what was it? The China Plus podcast just put out Chinese folk tales that told this podcast oh, or cool. this this fairy tale. Um, and that again, very similar to this one, but but didn't include cannibalism. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So this is definitely the darkest of the stories of uh, of the three fairy tales. Um, I thought the placement was pretty good because it's kind of when you know. Um, Helen's mom has died, and and Tian's going through his own things. And this is definitely the darkest part of this of the book. Um, but it's my favorite one. Yeah, 
definitely. I yeah, yeah I, I, I definitely do. And, I, and uh, actually, my question is, that, so this is, this is the magic fish. So mm. this, this is the story that the book is named after. Is it? it you're, like, I, there's I, a mermaid I, in the next one, yeah, and the, there's a mermaid in the first one. Yeah, They're all true. fish. I always kind yeah. of feel like, you know, so maybe, yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm wrong on that. And, so, and, and, and fish can be plural. So, and here's the thing <laughs> the last panel of the, this lot, this particular Cinderella version, um, Tian's mom goes, Is that really the ending? And she's looking at her aunt, and her aunt winks back at her, and she says, how should I know? It's it's an old old story. Details change. Exactly. And so you there's a couple of little pictures where the mom kind of has a look of realization and she looks off and she goes, "Things change," and the aunt says, "And now this story is ours, yours and mine." And right. the reason the reason I like this version of Cinderella for this story is because, like real life, you don't get your happy ending, whatever that is without going through shit, without going through bumps in the road. And I like, I think that's why this one feels good. Cause you know, it's just like, yeah, you know, unfortunately, you know, Tam had to go through a lot, but sometimes you have to die first. And the, and the people that the people that treated her poorly got their comeuppance in horrifically amazing, gruesome ways. And I'm all for retribution like that. So I was really so, happy that that happened. Um, I might be reading into this a little bit, but um, especially because when the, the aunt said, you know, the stories become what we need them to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so the aunt and, and obviously also lived through the revolution and did not go to the United States, uh, has lived under kind of an oppressive Vietnamese rule. Um, the the allegiance that the the stepmom demands and says oh you love me therefore you have to do everything i say it's very similar to like a dictatorship and 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 the fact that there's like a rebellion against the dictatorship and and the kind of the fall of that regime too i think is kind of present because of the life that her aunt has had to live no that's that's yeah that's exactly what i'm saying like that's yeah she said the aunt said we make these stories you know that these stories change exactly and that leads into the changing of the the last story too which is perfect which are you gonna read are i you guess gonna talk about i guess this yeah this is you yep, my, my turn the the third story so their story is like i said based on on little mermaid uh the original tale um, it does have some similarities to the, the Disney cartoon, um, but but essentially um, it's the story of uh, the youngest mermaid. They all the mermaids they go out um, when when they're um, at a certain age to see the surface world, um, but when when the youngest daughter goes, uh, she sees a man, falls in love with him and uh basically wants to to be with him tries to be with him accidentally almost drowns him because of, of the the two worlds that they they live in are are so different so he so she then um it, you know it's kind of sad but then hears about the the old witch that lives you know 
out in the outskirts of, of where, she, where she lives in the ocean. Um, essentially the, the Ursula character from, from the, the Little Mermaid, um, which actually I liked the design of this version better as the shark. It was pretty amazing. Um, but um, so she basically grants the, um, says that she can basically let the, the mermaid uh, grow legs and will be able to walk on land, but every single step that she makes is going to be absolute uh, scorching pain, like just like, like walking on glass. And and yet, um, but that's a sacrifice that she's going to have to make. Also, she takes out part of her tongue, makes it so that she cannot say, she cannot speak. So she agrees to it, gets sent to the to the surface world, get uh, with, with legs, gets uh, discovered by the, the the man that that has that has uh, kind of caused all this to happen. Um, he takes her back to his fiance, who runs a ballet um, and like a dancing school, and the um, and so they they kind of fix her up, you know, kind of and, and take her in, um, and they, uh, you know, and then the the um, the fiance or the the woman who runs the school asks her like what her name is. She doesn't. Is unable to give her a name, but kind of points to a um, to a poster that uh, says "Undine" on it, and so I think that's kind of the name that she ends up getting. Um, but um, but it's a it's a ballet that they're about to work, but that they're actually putting on, and they're trying to find their Undine. Um, so she sees a video of this these professional ballet dancers doing this doing this uh, this dance. And she's completely enamored by it. So she starts dancing and she dances perfectly. And even though bear in mind that every tiny step that, that she makes is, is absolute searing pain for her, but yet the, despite that, she is still dancing and, uh, and doing it quite well. So now this is where the part of the story we were getting into earlier where Tian's mom, Helen, finds out that Tian's gay uh, from a teacher, and Tian's kind of like, oh, I, how is she going to take this? Um, so the way the story ends, now this is where I'm going to get teary, um, is Helen takes the book and changes the end of the story, where they they do the performance, um, the, the girl, the, the ballet teacher is playing the male part of the um uh, in the ballet and they're dancing together and and they everything goes out flawlessly the the boy goes to propose to the daughter daughter oh, i'm sorry not to the daughter to the birdie. uh birdie yeah birdie yes um and who who's the teacher and and um, meanwhile, while that's while that's happening, um, the the mermaid sisters all now completely shaved shaven heads appear and say, "Oh, we had to give all our hair to the the witch, but she's let us come rescue you." And she said, "You can have your your fins back if you um, 
kill, you know, pierce, pierce the heart of the, um, of the person who doesn't love you. And, and hit, out of his blood will the, um, the, the, the fins will appear. One second here, I have to cough a little bit. I'll get rid of that. Okay, so she, um, so she has the, uh, the knife and she's ready because she knows that she's never going to have the love of the, um, of the man. So she's, go- she's, she's contemplating it. Well, she then, she stabs her dress instead. She decides that she's not going to do it. And then Gertie appears and basically says that she's been looking for, for her. And the reason why she was looking for her is that she wanted to let her know that she just got proposed to. But now here is what happens is that she says no, because she has already fallen in love with somebody else. And the person she's fallen in love with, of course, is, is our main character, our, our, our mermaid. And so they fall in love and they kiss and they fall in love. And the fact that she gets, gets the heart of a, of a human, she's able to talk again and she's able to say um, yes to her once she asks if they can be together. And that's just the way Helen changes the story to tell Tien that she understands what he's going through and that she accepts him for who he is and that she still loves him. So that is definitely the the emotional apex of the story. Yes. Yeah, she says, what does she say? Something like she doesn't doesn't know know it, but she, you know. I don't know how to talk about this stuff, but I love everything you are. Oh. Yeah. And so, I yeah. don't want you to miss out on growing up, okay? And then Tien's crying and he goes, okay. Yeah. And that's the last panel. Yeah. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So she might not know the word either. Yeah. He's been looking for the word the whole, the whole book, the word in Vietnamese. So she might not know the word either, but they don't but need the word the yeah. word is not as important as the experience or the story no, correct itself. so yeah that is that i i when i reread it um i i literally spent five minutes sobbing after i, I called brian at work and yes. i was like i was so sad it was so good why did you make me read it it was re- it's really good <laughs> yeah. i'm um, it's really good i'm tearing up right now but yeah. it's uh it's a wonderful story. God, so um, many people I wanted to punch in the face, though. I yeah. had a real visceral, violent reaction to some of those people, both um, of the of the priest and school teacher variety and of her horrific stepmothers that also made me upset. I was not happy. Yeah. But they, uh, it was a really good story. Really good. Yeah, it's just, I... It's kind of top tier graphic novel material right now. I, yeah. mm-hmm. I this papaya salad. There's just not much else touching it. This is this. Uh, yeah. No, it's the 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 this kind of like a biographical story being told through fantasy, mm-hmm. and 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 multiple stories being told at once to kind of tell a, a full narrative is yeah. It, it, it that's a difficult thing to do. You know that Trungles took forever 
to to create this i mean besides just the artwork it's just the way everything is is woven together is just so masterfully done um and so much heart and the art's so incredible and there's like little there's there's nothing wasted Uh uh-huh yeah. And it's, it's, it's so, it's, it's so long. First of all, you just don't normally get graphic novels that are this dense with nothing wasted. Mm-mm. Oh, it's just so fucking fabulous. I love I mean, it so much. Even something as innocuous as like peaches, like they come in through oh, like yeah. every story. And yes, they do. they're one of the few things that's actually colored yes. the way that they are. Mm. You know, like they're, they're colored yeah. in a peach color. And yes. and so um, it's just you know just little tinges like that. It's just yeah. So are um, the shoes in um, yes in the second in Tam and Tam's magic fish and the fish Cinderella. Yes, the shoes are the shoes are gold. Which and just those choices, you know, and yeah. L- just little a, little interesting choices to make things stand out. Yeah, I. I, um he the only thing that i know of um that that he's, he has done since magic fish is he did the artwork for one of the stories in the um the dc special that they recently came out with for for aapi um month and um and once again like his art just flourishes it's like i want yeah. i want his art every day so he did a um he's got a tarot deck Oh yeah, what? Yeah, I love a good tarot deck. Someone's birthday is coming up, so maybe that'll be. Make sure you're buying it from the right place. Apparently, somebody's uh, stealing. uh, Somebody's bootlegging uh, tarot decks right now. Somebody bootlegged Trungle. Somebody bootlegged somebody else's. Like two or three. I think Tilly Walden's got bootlegged as well. So yeah. Yeah, Tilly's. Yeah, that was kind of a thing they they just started talking about recently. Somebody's bootlegging a bunch of them. That's but awful. Yeah, Tr- Trungles is one of them that got bootlegged. Uh, well, Boot- bootlegged? Bootlegged's so, not a word, I don't well, think. Bootlegged's a word, <laughs> though. Works. I'm bootlegged. bootlegged. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, um, bootlegged. The, so the, I mean, the, what I usually do when I'm trying to find the the actual direct websites is it's the best best method is like social media where you go onto the profile they usually have the link to their pages exactly. and then just go to just go there and exactly. yeah that's that's the easiest and best way to do it and so and i know i know for a fact that he has his store his story is there on his instagram at least so yeah you can uh, easily get there as him some... him and uh yoshi yes yoshi yoshi tanny oh yes 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 yeah you know, as as someone who hasn't read a lot of graphic novels, I read this in 45 minutes. And I mean, like, I, likes devoured it. It was so good. And it was such a fun read. Mm. And it wasn't hard. I know that sounds like a weird way to describe something, but it was just, yeah. it was just such a, it just worked so well on so many levels for me personally as a reader that I enjoyed it so much. And I told Brian and I'm like, I hope everything I read now lives up to this because I <laughs> I know. And that's the really sad thing because it, it pushed, it like raised that level of expectation so high mm-hmm. because it's just so well 
done. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. The coloring, the artwork, I mean, the biggest compliment I could give somebody is saying I want a tattoo of it on my body. So mm-hmm. again, some of those characters from the fairy tales, I want tattooed because mm-hmm. they're just gorgeous. Um, it's, uh, Oh it man, was, costuming. Was, yes. Talk about yes. the hair, the costuming. Yes. Like the back matter was really great for that. Like what he put in the back matter, explaining all his costumings, which you, which you described when you talked about it, why each decision was made, uh, making those decisions. He just put so much thought into everything he did with this book, um, which is probably why he hasn't done another one yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably going to take him another like five or six years. Um, but holy crap, just phenomenal. If, this so is more, if, if you have not read this book yet, you yeah. need to read this book. If you have not bought this book yet, buy this book. If you have yeah. bought this book, buy it for somebody else. Yes. <laughs> Don't want to pick up a hard copy for whatever your reasoning is. Buy the digital because it's yeah. worth you need to read it. Yeah. Like, I don't want to talk to you if you haven't read it. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's just, it's so good. Yeah. No, this... and, and it's relatable. It's so, so relatable. And it's so good. You feel his little feelings. You, un- I mean, even as unlike an adult, I think you can identify with both the kid, how he feels and the mom mm. and you can and you can kind of go back and forth between this juxtaposition of of where they're at in their lives because they're so different in their ages but there there's a, I think there's feelings of longing and feelings of like the unknown that both Tian and his mom feel for different reasons but they're the same feelings and I think that was that's what was so cool about the book is it was just, it was, they had so much more in common than I think than they realized. Yeah, and I just, I, I think we talked a lot maybe about Tian's character and maybe less about Helen. And I really liked Helen's character and kind of how she built up throughout the whole thing mm-hmm. because you know, we saw so much of him, but we really did see a lot of her. I yes. almost, to a certain extent, we saw more of her mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he didn't really change at all. He didn't really grow at all. We just kind of saw him at one point in his 13 year old life and he's adorable and he's great, <laughs> yeah. but we with saw a great her jacket. with a great jacket. Yeah, I love that yes. jacket. We saw her when she was basically a kid herself, mm-hmm. you know, when she, before she was married, mm-hmm. when she's making this huge decision to basically get married so she could leave the country. Yeah. Um, and one assumes she loves her husband or she, and she loved him then, but they didn't really get married because they were in love. They got married because they had to get married to get yeah. into that camp. Yeah. Um, and so they're making all these huge decisions um and uh, these leaving the country and uh, you know for 
what had to have been scary reasons going to a country you don't speak the language of and I've done it and I did it for not scary reasons and it's scary when you're doing it for not scary reasons I can't imagine what it is like when you're doing it for scary reasons and you're going to a place where you don't have like friends and a base of support and all of that Mm -hmm. I did have when I moved to Thailand like there's all this stuff and this change that comes with you and like we learn a lot about Helen and then you go back with her when she goes back to Vietnam and you meet more of her family and you have this mourning that you go through with her so you have a lot with Tian and this his coming out story where he's forced out which is hugely emotional Mm -hmm. but there's a huge emotional arc with helen too Mm -hmm. that spans decades essentially for her um and it's a really important story for both of them Mm -hmm. and i think this gets a lot of credit as a a queer story is mainly i hear a lot of uh, queer people love on it because it deserves it because it's great and I love it um I kind of wish it would have gone a little bit better for me my dad but um (laughs) you know it um kind of is a lot bigger than that uh yeah it's 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 a lot of stuff in this book. There's a lot of stuff in here. Mm -hmm. It's a book about families. It's a book about refugees. It's a book about, it's a book about immigrants in America. It's a book about people coming into their own and people coming into themselves. It's a book about mourning. It's, it's, there's a lot of shit in this book that's told incredibly simply through fairy tales. I think I think there's also this self-imposed otherness that they feel because they haven't, there is a support, there's support for them, both for Mm. Tien and his mom, but they don't know how to approach it. Yes, they both have this very much. I'm carrying this on my own yes, feeling. Yes, you you yes. get panels where they're both alone, mm-hmm. facing away from the mm-hmm. camera, and they kind of hunch forward a little bit, and they look very, very sad. Yes. Yeah, I do love that. It's it still feels innocent. The relationship between the mom and the dad. Mm. Because when you see, because they're kids when they, when they escape together, like they're they, teens. They seem pretty young. Yeah. And yeah, they're, they're young. And there's a, a, a gentleness and innocence because from what I could gather, they've only really been together 13 years as old as Tien maybe a little 13, oh, like, 14. Yeah, He's 13 say, years old. Yeah, she had to be 14. pregnant at least a little bit. <laughs> let's 14. say 14. Yeah. Let's say she's, 14. She started, she said she's 30 something. She said, I'm at the end of my life. The aunt says you're only 30 something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, just, and it's not an act. It's not a definite age. She's like, girl, you're in yeah. your 30s. You're in your so 30s. Like, yeah. yeah. So there's, so let's say 14 years, but you can still kind of see like, 
this really sweet little interaction that they have when they do have the dad in the panel because she her her face softens a little bit around him Mm -hmm. she she kisses him very gently it's not like overtly like romantic in any way it's just they're two people who had to grow up fast together Mm -hmm. and I think it I think that reads and their interactions without the reader necessarily needing to see anymore. It's a very sweet dynamic and I'm probably and, not explaining it right, but it's, well, it's the very fact nice. That he takes the time to have those panels where, cause she kisses him goodbye every, cause it seems like he works nights yes. and he goes and takes the bus at night and she kisses him goodbye, you know, like, you've got those couple of panels like it you don't see it every night but every couple of 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 days you see that that set of panels where she Mm -hmm. kisses him goodbye before he gets on the bus to go to work and it's like you've taken that time to establish the relationship in that way and it is it's very sweet it's very established it's very nice the dad seemed great. I, yeah. I wouldn't have minded more with the dad, <laughs> yeah. but he he wasn't especially necessary. I guess. Yeah, he and wasn't. That's exactly I, I what I was going to say is that that th- those moments with him are very deliberate and very intentional because he doesn't need to be in the story. And like, <laughs> no. and he's there, and he's there for a reason. It's 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 definitely because of the mom and and the and the showing that love between them. And I personally one of my most favorite parts like panels and parts of the story is that brief moment uh, in the flashback where um he asks helen to um if they want to get married and she's like well we're already married and then she's and he's like well yeah but let's let's like do it for real this time and he actually had melted down the aforementioned cross into two rings mm-hmm. and those were their wedding rings and i was just like oh like that's, yeah, that was sweet because he just needed enough for two yeah, yeah and he didn't have to do that because they were already married and that's just out of love and that's just out of affection and it's just like hey you know love is cool <laughs> so yeah. That should be the byline for the podcast. Love is cool. Love is cool. Yeah, so it's a really good story. Yeah. I'm glad you guys made me read it. I, I'm glad well, I, I read I it. Didn't do it but... yeah. <laughs> I feel um, this and and Bitterroot kind of kind of. I, I I'm glad that we read these two in a row because I think those two are kind of really good, like examples of what comics can be and Ah, in mm. different ways and good and exemplary like like pinnacles of like comic book storytelling so i'm glad that we kind of do these two two together even though that was not intentional yeah whoever knew that comics were more than just like a couple of rich white guys saving the world yeah never (laughs) knew that before thanks everybody (laughs) so it turns out you don't have to be an orphan to have a story about you or or be rich um but yeah i uh no i definitely yeah th- this is this is this is why i read comics <laughs> once again it's like the stuff like this is th- these are the stories this is this is this is why i love this medium so i'm glad we all read it and together so we can talk about it oh so, agreed yeah thank you um, good choice yeah well thank you <laughs> but like i said i think this would have been definitely Darcy's choice if I hadn't. I, I literally, I literally took this choice, um, even though the, um, when we when I first created the Google Doc for uh, 
for for this season and that was seven weeks ago and i <laughs> and I, I put and when it, when i when i wrote down my name instead of writing to be determined i wrote the magic fish <laughs> like, I'm, <laughs> like i'm doing this i'm taking it right now that's so funny you know, like, like i'll it I know, was it was my looking forward first yes, last year <laughs> yeah. and so I, yeah i'm and not i'm not I, gonna complain that it's your it's your this it's your well, your your main main course it's been on it's been on the i think i think i did it as a looking forward you think you did yes did did logan do it as an actual thing no i think i think i did it as looking forward and then i did it as a this week's talking about whatever that was called when we were doing that yes (laughs) and then now we're doing it's it's been in everything now it has and and our first two our first three episodes in this season um i think siobhan brought it up once um it was brought mm. up i was brought up by um by rebecca in the first issue or first episode and then uh, mm. one of us brought it up in the third episode so it's <laughs> this is this is definitely a, a series that has been in our zeitgeist for it, a while absolutely. and honest hand on the bible or hand on whatever you believe i would have never had read this if it wasn't for you darcy so thank you Yay, Darcy. Yeah, so thank you. Well, I I think we've definitely spent a lot of time talking about this book, which is really great. Um, And so I I think maybe we'll have an extra discussion today um, in this episode, if that's okay with you guys. It sounds great because I didn't come up with anything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, do do you guys just really quickly, briefly, want to like shout out another book that you're reading or looking forward to just really quick or... Is there anything? I don't there probably have, is. Yeah. I don't I have anything. If put, anybody has any suggestions on what I should pick for the next episode, that'd be great. Yeah. Because I right. don't have anything coming up. I'll uh I'll come to something. Um I'll just uh say just uh, can I put everyone on this on the, the spot here? And this is going to be I've already put in the chat that this is going to be a future ep- an episode once the first story arc is over. Um the the mini Desolela Star, the second issue came out last oh, week yeah. and it's fantastic um this is a must read for everybody so we we will be doing an episode of this uh once the the story arc is complete and we'll... uh jellia ships next on the first yes uh so and um i haven't read it yet so i don't necessarily know that's <laughs> gonna be good but i'm still super stoked about it awesome. yeah. so all right yeah so we definitely have some cool things to look forward to um, all right, so I think that might be it, unless you guys have anything else. Nope, I'm good. Thank you again for the suggestion. Thank you for making me cry. I feel internally cleansed. Sometimes crying is good. It's good, nice and cathartic, and especially when it's a cry like for this book, like in this story. Brian, make her read papaya, papaya salad. Oh yeah, I, mean, I have a physical that that physical edition of it too. Oh, or, so. no, papaya salad is by same uh, author or no? No. But it, it's it, it it's definitely related to this story. It it kind of has that same type of storytelling, where it's a it's a modern story being told it's, at the same time as a as the a, only thing, I think that comes close. Oh, okay. It's it's, it's pretty. And good. and Darcy, no offense to my wonderful spouse over here, but Darcy, I take your um, opinions seriously because Brian has been trying to shove comics of some sort down my throat for fifteen years. <laughs> So 
like hearing somebody else say like, oh yeah, that's actually really good. Then I can be like, okay, cool. I will try awesome. it now. It's not anything against Brian. It's just, we've been down this road <laughs> totally a long time. So <laughs> what are you saying? It's, it's, it's totally against me. I'm just <laughs> muttering under your breath. <laughs> no, Our no. Uh, 15 year wedding anniversary is coming up in July. Yeah. And yeah. So I don't know. I feel like that's like four times Angelina Jolie's. So that's we, I, I don't know. I constantly don't judge my that. life on Angelina Jolie's life, just personally. <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, I know this isn't like like time or the podcast, but she's in a Marvel MCU movie. Yeah, yeah she is. Eternals. Yeah. Oh, okay. Eternals. With with absolutely ripped Camille Nalgiani. He, he got he got completely he got shredded. Oh, that's shredded, right. Yeah. And then he was just like, "This isn't like this is not reality." To, He's like, "This is possible maintain. because of yeah. money and trainers and nutritionists." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, that's that movie. Yeah. So that and Shang Chi. It had a trailer out. that came out today. Yes. That's right. It did. Yeah. And and um, anything with Aquafina is all right by me. So I'm excited about Shang Chi, even though I would have been anyways. But still. Yeah, so there's some good. I, I will ask out. the reader, the readership, the listenership, if anybody has any good like horror suggestions. I know Brian's looking at or me horror like manga, little, or horror manga, not horror manga, horror comics, horror, horror comics, anything good, anything good, anything creepy. Help you. Yeah, yeah I'm ready for both it. Both of us can. Maybe we'll do. Do you want to do a horror book next week? Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking about okay. doing something like that. I don't want to cry. Okay. I've cried. I've met my crying quote. Well, for, I might lose my job. So. I'll steer you away <laughs> from like a horror crying. book like I Walk With Monsters because that is a horror book that will make you cry. So okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Let's definitely. let's keep it let's keep it lighthearted and yes. gory and fun. Yes, and scary. It's spooky. and scary. Okay. All right. All right. Well. Still water. Still water. Still oh, waters. Yeah. And I, yeah, that's definitely something I really wanted to oh, read. Okay. And also the the book that you just mentioned last week, the one that that we both read the first issue of um with the um the ai and uh, uh, lonely receiver lonely receiver that one oof, that was oh yeah but that might be yeah. a little too a little too emotional oh, okay yeah because it has to do with relationships has to do with relationships <laughs> oh yeah. um all right well but it's creepy it is, is it is it good it's oh, it's it's it. chobits but lesbians yes Oh, that's right. We talked about this. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Was, really that was really good. Yeah. But evil. Okay. It's evil. evil lesbian chobits. Yes. That's another shirt that we should have. <laughs> it's evil lesbian chobits. Um, but yes. Um, all right. Well, and then Stillwater is is a good story about is, the is, lack of death. Is, yeah. This creepy town in the middle of nowhere where people can't die. Yeah. Ooh, so cool and is that sadarsky yes yeah i, I like i like Sadarsky's awesome um very cool okay well uh stay tuned we'll figure out what we're doing next week and we'll let you all know you'll know probably from a week from now <laughs> from hearing from this <laughs> um so we have reached the end of the show thank you to everyone listening to our show as always uh email us any questions or comments at better at gmail.com. Instagram and Twitter is CDV Pod. Website is comicsdeservebetter.wordpress.com. Uh, you can request uh, subjects for a future show there. Also get all our socials because uh, I, I know, especially mine, it's hard to understand what I'm saying. So that's probably the best <laughs> place to get it. Um, don't forget, uh, if 
please tell a friend, follow us, rate us, do all that stuff that helps, you know, us keep on going, keep on talking, get the word out about about the podcast. So that's very much appreciated. Uh, Darcy, uh, where can we find you on the internet? I am on Twitter at books underscore serial. I have a website, booksandserial.wordpress.com. And I am about to go hog bullshit crazy wild on uh, Marvel's Wastelanders. Because, yeah, yeah, it drops uh, episode one for Wastelanders. Old Man Star-Lord is dropping um, on the 1st of June. Uh, Episode one and episode two is dropping on, I think, if you have SiriusXM, it's dropping there. If you have basically anything, but it's a SiriusXM property, so, like, that's a thing. But supposedly, if you have anything, it's going to be on it, any podcast. Uh, if you do spotify spotify stitcher stitcher uh, it showed up the trailer showed up on podcast addict which is what i use which nobody mm-hmm. likes but i use it i like it so fuck all y'all it's better than what i use which is right I, now i like the widget like it's still mm-hmm. my favorite widget for my home screen it works real well so awesome. i don't yes. like anybody else's or everybody widgets. else's widgets I- I went to iOS. I don't have widgets anymore, so yeah. I, I miss widgets. Um, I like a widget. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is. But anyway, yeah, uh, the cast for fucking Wastelanders is really fucking amazing. Uh, Vanessa Williams is Emma Frost. Oh, sweet. Um, awesome. Susan Sarandon uh, is uh, Grey Widow. I can't remember who Old Man Hawkeye is. Who cares? Donald Glover's in it. I can't remember who he's playing maybe dr doom i can't remember anyway cast is amazing it's gonna be great maybe probably i don't know ben percy wrote it so it's probably gonna be great the wolverines were great i'm stoked i'm excited so that's gonna be what i'm talking about for the next however long chris elliott is playing rocket raccoon yeah chris Uh. elliott is playing rocket raccoon yeah (laughs) um and yeah it, it showed up on um on apple Podcasts, which is what i use which is worse than what you use <laughs> so don't judge me as well um but um so yeah it's there so that means probably it's everywhere so like like yeah. you said definitely mm-hmm. very cool i wonder if my maestro is going to be in this I that's so. awesome um, i i know i think kang's in it i know oh, dr sweet. doom's in it i know <sighs> rocket uh emma Star Lord, obviously, Old Ghost Man Riders. Logan's gonna be in it eventually. Ghost Riders in it, uh, Gray Widows in it, so Natasha's in it, uh, and uh, Old Man Hawkeye's gonna be in it. One armed Old Man Hawkeye, that's awesome. One armed Old Man Hawkeye, I'm so stoked. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that that sounds amazing. I, um, the the actual comics never really intrigued me, but this has. Have you read uh, Avengers of the Wastes? No, I have a new not. one. No, I have that was really good. I really liked it. And I, on... I, I didn't, you know, like Old Man Logan's okay. Like it wasn't really like my thing. Yeah. Um, but I liked Secret Wars, Old Man Logan, like the tie-in comic. I like Old Man Logan as a character. Yes. Yeah. Um, with uh, art by what's his name with the great art, Andre Sorrentino. Yes. Um and um. 
then old man logan is a character going through regular world our not our i don't live there 616 mm-hmm. um that was fun i like old man logan in 616 that was I, fun i know a I, lot of people didn't but i did i liked the old man logan uh crossover with uh all new wolverine yes gabby and old gabby. man logan was yes, so great that was fantastic that was one of the best moments <laughs> and ever. i like old man hawkeye He's so i yeah i have the muf as well so i, I better update myself on those so i mean you don't have i don't think you yeah. have to i think it's oh, going to be pretty self-explanatory yeah was it june 1st dylan's dylan's one there's you know there's a trailer and it's basically the villains one it's been 30 years everybody's fucking old <laughs> earth sucks yes <laughs> the end the end. <laughs> Actually, the beginning. The beginning. Because <laughs> the end is a different comic book series. <laughs> the end is a different comic book series. <laughs> All right. Well, um, that actually does sound really cool. And <laughs> I, I thank you for reminding me. It starts June 1st. So, starts, I... yeah, the episodes one and two, June 1st. Um, and it's Marvel's uh, main, it's, it's the same group that did the Wolverine series. So the audio is going to be fucking phenomenal yeah that's great because also those usually come out like mondays or tuesdays and mm. those those are the days i have the least amount of podcasts coming out and so i'm all about having more yeah. more books coming out those days yeah tuesdays yeah so awesome excited all right well i think that might be it then for the podcast yes so I'll, oh well. um Oh, I don't know. Sorry. I was looking at my new Facebook group, RV Quilters, and I'm really loving it. So I got really excited looking at the post. So I'm sorry. If you want to contact <laughs> Carrie, you can find her on the Facebook group, RV you Quilters. You know, yeah, I'm actually um, on RV Quilters on our Facebook and um, Secondhand Finds and um, Crochet for Beginners and Sewing for Beginners. So if anybody, oh, you know what? Not that anybody listens that would do this, but if anybody has <laughs> anyone cool, listens, I know that's why I say that. Sorry. Um, I would love it if people could tell me about the cool sewing stores and fabric shops and yarn stores in their area because that's not comic book related, but that's something I personally love. So I'd love to hear about it. Yeah. I used to work at a fabric sewing store and all that. Yeah. I worked on and off for about 12 years at a mom and pop fabric store here in Ventura. And it's some of the best memories. And I was a manager at a Joann's for a while. Like I, and I just got a brand new sewing machine as uh, my birthday present. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm super stoked. It's all, it's all about crafting for me. Crafting and comics, the new podcast coming soon <laughs> from yes. Carrie. Sounds good. That's a good combination. Actually. Maybe I'll it read comic C3. books yeah. and, <laughs> and describe comic books to you. So that way you can craft to them. There you I go. give you my opinion. Maybe you can cross this your favorite panels. Cross or embroider? Holy fuck. You know how long that would take. It's too much um, work. Yeah. yeah. Um, but awesome. All right. Well, um, no matter what you're into, crafting, sewing, <laughs> comics, remember that comics uh, are for comics are for everyone and comics is your better. And so does everyone else. I don't have what I usually say in front of me. So I just kind of <laughs> off with it. I've officially derailed it. Thank you. So, yeah. 
comics to serve better and uh, everyone deserves comics. comics. Yes. Yeah. That, that yeah. Something better. like that. Yeah. I was going to like re-edit myself, but no, we're just going to keep it this way. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Everyone have a good night. This is what you get for uh, listening to the whole thing. So, <laughs> you guys, thank you very much. All right. All right. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Whoa, that's new. That is new. I didn't do that. <laughs> by, con by continuing to be in this meeting, you are consenting to being recording. Okay, continue. We are okay. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm also recording. Okay, perfect. Okay. I can edit all that out. Um, yes. <laughs>